You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you drive around town these days, there is no shortage of signs to be seen in windows and in front of shops saying, help wanted, or we're hiring. Some business owners are complaining that they simply can't find enough workers to staff their kitchens, their shops, or their warehouses. And because of the pandemic and the human suffering that followed, some economists floated the idea that workers were using the extra federal benefit dollars to reflect on what kind of work they actually wanted to do. That is, what kind of job would give them more personal and financial ownership over their work? Many don't get the opportunity to work in such places. But over the past few decades, more companies like these have grown up in the form of worker cooperatives, giving individuals greater personal, democratic, and financial autonomy in the workplace. The Detroit Community Wealth Fund is a nonprofit that helps facilitate the creation of worker cooperatives right here in Detroit. They specifically help black and brown Detroiters who want to own their own businesses. Now they've launched a $2 million loan fund meant to transition Detroit area businesses into worker cooperatives, where workers collectively purchase a business from the previous owner. It's a really interesting program, especially since baby boomers, most of whom don't have succession plans, own about half of the regional metro Detroit businesses that account for about 400,000 jobs. That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today with, with the question, what do you want from your workplace? Are you somebody who is really rethinking work right now, the idea of work, the place where you work? Are you somebody who doesn't want to go back to work the way it was defined before the pandemic and want to have more control and more autonomy in order to get more satisfaction out of your life. We want to hear from you uh, about how you're thinking about work. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. I've got two guests here to talk specifically about uh, the Detroit Community Wealth Fund and the things it is doing to try to recast the idea of work for folks who are here in the metro Detroit area. Margot Dalal is executive director of the Detroit Community Wealth Fund. Margot, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you. It's good to be here again. And Kiana Silverman Maddox is cooperative conversions manager. Kiana, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. So, Margo, uh, let's start with you. For those who are unfamiliar with worker cooperatives, tell us, tell us what they are and how different they are from traditional businesses. Sure. So a worker-owned cooperative business is a business that's owned by the workers of that business. Um, it's, it's democratically run and managed. So the workers in that business can vote on the board or vote on different managerial positions. They have decision-making power within the business. 
And then they also share equally in the profits. So sometimes um, there can be uh, divisions based on how long someone has been there or the amount of hours they work, but generally profits are shared among the workers and everyone in the business has an opportunity to become a worker. And the idea of worker-owned businesses is not new, uh, but it, it, it is catching more fire, I guess, right now. It is becoming more popular because of the circumstances of the pandemic. Can you talk about what, what you're seeing in terms of the interest, Margot, in, in this model for businesses? Absolutely. So actually, back in 2008, during um, the economic recession then, in the, in the 10 years and the decade after that, worker-owned businesses um, almost doubled. And so I think right now, at the beginning of this decade, we're going to see something very similar. Even here at Detroit Community Wealth Fund, last year in 2020, at the very beginning of the pandemic, interest in our programming and what we've been trying to offer in terms of helping um, workers start their own cooperatives or helping business owners learn how to even um, increase or or, um, offer ownership to some of their employees Um, this interest really dramatically increased. So I think even just in the next few years here, we're going to see that increase continue. Mm. So Kiana, can you describe your role with DCFW and how this $2 million fund transition program is going to work? Sure. So I'm relatively new to the organization, but a Metro Detroit native and a lover of all things Detroit. And so we will assist in the transition to worker-owned business by providing feasibility study to learn is the business profitable. We will then conduct a culture change and encourage the employees to learn about how to increase their skills to take on more uh, managerial roles. And uh, how does this transition work? How long does it take? Who's involved in the process? Walk us through this idea of leaving a business to the workers instead of to an heir, I guess, uh, of, of the owner. Sure. So we go in and try to really understand what the owner does day to day and learn how we can plug in those skills and roles from the worker standpoint. And this can take anywhere from six months to two years. And we stay on for the life of the loan to ensure the business success and continued working. Margot, um, I, I want to talk a little more about the idea of, uh, of this kind of work and what's, what's driving it. A lot of people said during the pandemic that it was the extra federal money for unemployment that was keeping people from work. And a lot of people theorized that when that money went away, people would go back and employment would, would go back to what it was before. I think we're all now seeing that that wasn't true, at least in the way that many people imagined it would be. But it does, again, point to this differing kind of perspective, I think, that that a lot of people are coming to about, about their work. And I wonder if you could talk about the balance in that you're hearing from people that they want between money and security that way and bigger concerns about economic security or control over your time or happiness or the things that 
aren't as quantifiable uh, as money or extra money in an employment check. It seems to me that the shift here is about thinking about work in a fundamentally different way. That's right. Workplace satisfaction is critical, right? If we don't, we're not happy in our workplaces and they're oppressive spaces to be in, you know, even a, and a, even a wage that's higher than living a living wage of, you know, $15 an hour is, it might not be worth it to us. And we, we saw, um, we're still seeing, uh, like you said, these incentives that employers are trying to provide, right? Maybe bonuses or offering remote work. Um, and what we see when folks want to start worker-owned businesses is that that flexibility and the decision-making it takes, like what if, um, worker owners can decide what they want their business to look like, how they want it to feel, what their, what their benefits are in that workplace, right? And I think something else that's really important to, to, to think about is just um, the culture of a workplace. Um, some friends and I have started a cooperative here in Detroit, um, and some of the things that we say is that we, we're tired of having bosses that don't understand our culture. We're tired of having microaggressions, right? Mm. These, are not, these are not healthy things to have to go to every single day. And what a worker-owned business is going to allow folks to do is have some control um, in, their, in their workplace. And um, overall, worker-owned businesses do pay more, right? You're sharing the profits of your business. All of the labor that you're producing, you're the sole benefiter of that labor. And so we see improvement in terms of workplace satisfaction, and we also see improvement in terms of wages. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. We're talking about shifting work habits and patterns and desires in the wake of the pandemic. We're talking specifically about a new fund here in Detroit that is meant to help businesses help their employees become owners, which is kind of the ultimate in shifting work and responsibility uh, and the ways in which work feels and affects our lives. Uh, again, 313-577-1019, call and tell us what you're thinking about work right now. Are you back to work after the pandemic? Are you someone who has not gone back to the job that you had before because you've rethought? the value of the money that you made or the situation that you were in. How are you thinking about work right now? And what are the things that you're looking for from employers? What are the things that you have to have in place other than money, perhaps, to take a job and to keep it? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Big Neo on Twitter says, co-ops sound like a great option for workers, the falsely named right to work, which really means the ability to fire workers for any reason, is partly why businesses have trouble keeping workers. But the biggest challenge to keeping people is pay and benefits. Uh, let's go to Michael in Rochester Hills. Michael, what's on your mind? Hello. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Uh, I'm 62 years old, um, and I recently retired from a job I intended to keep until I was a good 65, 66. Hmm. I was an, uh, an engineer, an automotive engineer. I had a six-figure salary, lots of vacation time. I thought I was set up pretty good, but I was also frustrated, um, unsatisfied, and and the pandemic came along, and I thought, what the heck am I waiting for? And I decided to take a sabbatical. Um, I focused on my health, retool my skills, 
and see what I could do to redirect my life in a more meaningful and satisfying way. So um, I've lost a bunch of weight. I've been cycling all over the place, um, it, really having a wonderful time. And I will soon be starting a data analytics boot camp. Um, it's a kind of a field that that I would, I think I would enjoy and be good at, and I, I'm sure I could do it remotely and from many, um, and get jobs in many biz, different businesses, get out of the automotive business. Sure. So yeah, the the, uh, the pandemic really was kind of a game changer for me. And so, that's pretty much all I had to say. Yeah. So Michael, in in some ways, you're an example of what we're specifically talking about here. This idea of stepping away from a workplace that is owned and managed by someone else and, and transitioning to something that you have more control over. But, but I, I wonder, especially since you are 62, what kind of risk you felt you were taking by doing that? Do you worry that this won't be secure in the financial way that, that maybe your work was as an engineer? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that is, there, there is a major risk factor here, which is why I thought I'd never do this. And I'm still kind of a, a, amazed. But there's one thing you do in life, and that's you don't look back. Hmm. You, you keep your eye on the future, on your goals, and, um, and good things are bound to happen. Yeah. when you do that it's, that's my the way i look at it yeah. and that's Michael. how to deal with the doubts and you know because yeah. there are there are doubts believe me sure <laughs> michael i really really appreciate your call and you sharing your thoughts uh kiana i wonder if you can talk some about the risk that uh, that we find in these transitions that this loan fund is uh, is targeting this idea of transitioning businesses from uh, a sole proprietor or a family ownership to worker uh, worker ownership and, and management. Is there a downside to it? Are there things that you have to sort of gird against uh, that would turn out to be worse for the employees? Well, we know that there's always risk involved in business transitions. Only two of three businesses put on the market actually sell. So we're offering an extra layer of security by providing that technical and ongoing support for the employees, because ultimately if the business closes, we don't get paid back. And so we will be on for the life of that loan to ensure the success. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Rachel in Ann Arbor. Rachel in Ann Arbor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So my thought was is that um, I know like my employer, I work full time, my employer offers incentives to pick up uncovered shifts and I do not pick those up because I value my family time um, more than money and I think that there's been a major shift in the country with so many people all at the same time who have lost employment or had short hours and had that time to relax and actually decompress and find out and realize that what they're doing doesn't make them happy and that 
um, there are workarounds and do what they can to avoid those situations. And that's where employers are having problems. And and so, Rachel, I wonder if you can talk just a little, if you know, about what your employer is having to do. I, as somebody who's a customer at lots of places, I'm noticing that it's harder to get the, the services that I need from, from businesses because they're short-staffed. If if more money for work, for better staffing doesn't work, what what does that look like from, from a business perspective? Does your the business you're working for face serious troubles because it is short-staffed? So my employer isn't like um, a, that type of service-oriented. So it's not like when we go out to the restaurants or we're going to fast food or going to a local store. Mm-hmm. So um, we are hiring additional people, um, and they are looking for staff. It, not, not to say that it's easy these days either. Like I said, I, I honestly think there's been, and it's not really being addressed, a major mental shift within the workers for so long people were just desperate to have a job um, and they would take abuse they would take um, shortened hours they would take wonky schedules and of course I'm mainly talking about the service industry type of businesses and now they're finding that because of the situation and because people are afraid of being sick and then also I honestly feel like a lot of people are realizing that they deserve to be treated better and that they deserve a higher wage. We have had increased productivity and we have lots of money in the system, but it's not making it way to the people who actually put their sweat and hours into making that profit. Hmm. And I think that's what's coming to a head. People are realizing, you know, it's not worth it to me to bust my butt so that the boss's boss's boss can make millions while I'm over here <laughs> having to get food stamps. Yeah, right. Uh, Rachel, really great uh, comments, and I appreciate the call. Margo, I want to have you react to what, what Rachel is talking about. It seems very much in line with the inspiration for the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think when we realize, you know, when we see the reports of how you know, how much um, services like Amazon made or, you know, how we've, how our labor has lined the the pockets of billionaires or business owners that don't really even step foot into their business. We realize um, to what Rachel was saying, like, why would I, why would I work a little bit more just to make someone else um, get some profit? And I think that's really what we're trying to do here is, um, is, is help people understand that, their labor is, they should own the rights to their labor, right? You should own, you should be able to profit off of your labor mm-hmm. um, and make decisions about where that surplus goes. Um, and I think similarly, I think we see um, in, at Detroit Community Wealth Fund, we've seen people wanting to quit their regular job and start a cooperative business. They can take their skills, they can take their passion and they can start a new business um, with other people. And it is lower risk, right? Because when you're starting a business with other folks, you're not the only person that has to make sure that everything gets done. You're sharing those responsibilities with other people. And the way the Detroit Community Wealth Fund provides financing, and this is really important, is that we provide financing for workers. 
whether it's a conversion or whether it's a startup. And that financing requires no collateral. So we can make sure that low income people, people who aren't making six figures, people who are making you know, minimum wage, hourly wages, actually have access to financing to be able to start businesses that they can own and they can benefit from. Yeah. And uh, Kiana, that is really key for African-Americans and African-American Detroiters, because historically uh, we've been blocked from ownership, prevented from owning property in higher income neighborhoods or owning our own businesses and really being thwarted from the upper mobility that ownership affords. Yes, that's 100% correct. We believe that this collective approach is a great way to approach the racial wealth gap and help break cycles of generational poverty. Yeah. Uh, let's get back uh, to the phones here. Daniel in Dearborn. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing very well. Go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. I uh, was working at a restaurant during the shutdown. And when we came back to work, it we all just quit en masse pretty much. Because the owner seemed like he didn't care, customers didn't care, and uh, myself and a lot of other people got better jobs than we've ever had before. And so, so Daniel, tell me about the work that you've been able to find. I now deliver bread for a large manufacturer, mm-hmm. and so I drive a truck. I have a union job and a pension now. Hmm. And so better than I've ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, I, I, congratulations on, on that. And, and I hear that story a lot too, out of the pandemic, people taking advantage of better opportunities. And again, uh, this idea that you don't have to stay in a job that doesn't offer you opportunity, that doesn't offer you the kind of security that you want or, uh, the mobility that you want is is really really kind of important. Okay, uh, Margot Dalal and Kiana Silverman Maddox. It was really great to have both of you here uh, to talk about the Detroit Community Wealth Fund. Thanks so much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thanks for having us. That is going to do it for us this week. Come back on Monday when we're going to talk with two Indigenous reporters about Indigenous Peoples Day, which has been replacing Columbus Day in many areas of the country. We'll also hear from the retiring president of the University of Detroit Mercy about why he's stepping down and the future of Detroit's Jesuit University. I also want to thank associate producer Sam Corey for the work he did producing today's program. Great work, Sam. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.